Welcome back. Welcome back to the Rapid Results 30-Day Clean Eating Challenge Masterclass. This is episode three, and in this episode, we're going to be setting goals. There are three areas that we need to focus on when we look at at, uh, weight loss lifestyle goals. That's what we're going to call them, uh, weight loss lifestyle goals. So three areas. The first one is your water intake. And in that area, I'm going to answer the questions, what should your daily water intake be? And what's the best way to get that water intake, especially if you're not someone who is naturally a water drinker. And then I'm going to get into the second area, which is your fat burning exercise prescription. I talked a lot about this in episodes one and two. We're going to get into how to build the most comprehensive fat burning workout that you can create uh, both at home or if you have access to equipment. So under that segment, I'm going to answer the question, what is cardio and how much cardio should you aim to get each week? Um, And also we're going to talk about some options, ways to make creative workout plans, whether you're at home or you're at a gym, or if you do or don't have exercise equipment available, there's no excuses. We just need to come up with a plan. I want to talk to you about how to do that. And then in area three, we need to look at the goal of weight loss, which is the whole point, right? So under weight loss goals, we're going to talk about your two goals that you need to set for weight loss. The first one is your ultimate weight goal. And that's the goal that you won't necessarily get to in 30 days. We'll talk about how to know if it is or if it isn't something that can be done in 30 days. And then the second thing is we're going to establish your 30 day weight loss goal. All right, let's get into it. Uh, The first goal, daily water intake. I like to look at water intake from the uh, vantage point of dehydration or uh, in a better way to say it would be um, how, how water helps us. What does water do for you? Let's answer that question. Because I tend to believe that when people understand that it's not just about getting down these ounces, there are some health benefits above and beyond weight loss. We tend to be better consumers of water. So let's get into these things that water offers us from this vantage point of hydration versus dehydration. So water actually picks up salts and toxins in your body and flushes them out through urine and sweat. Water aids in digestion and transportation of nutrients from your food through your body. Water reduces food cravings because a lot of times you think that you're hungry, but really that dry mouth or that sluggish feeling is you being dehydrated. Uh, And you'll learn that when you do get the right amount of water, you have less headaches and less food cravings. You have an increased metabolism. Water does not have calories, but in order to absorb and process water, you do burn just a few calories. So we'll take every advantage we can get. Um, Water, uh, water, water also um, can affect, or I should say being dehydrated can affect your mental sharpness. So you ever notice when you are dehydrated, you get a sluggish feeling, hard for you to focus and concentrate. A lot of times this is when people tend to grab food. They say, I have low energy or I'm tired. I need something to eat. Sometimes, believe it or not, all you need is to hydrate, right? So those are some benefits. And then lastly, when you really think about it, every living thing needs water. Every single living thing needs water. Imagine if you had a house plant and you put that house plant in the perfect window in the perfect temperature but you only gave it a tablespoon of water a day this plant is going to slowly but surely wilt to death 
And I hate to sound dramatic, but when you're dehydrated, you are basically operating um, at a uh, disadvantage from your circulation and all these other ways that I mentioned, but also your life. Water is life. Don't fight it. Drink water. So let's answer the question, how much water should you drink per day? Believe it or not, you don't have to walk around with a gallon jug like a small child attached to you at all times in order to get your water in. You really need to aim for, or I should say the rapid results recommendation is that you drink at least 64 ounces of water per day. 64 ounces of water is a great starting point and there's a couple ways that you can know if 64 is enough. You definitely don't want to go less than 64 ounces unless you have a medical condition where you retain water or something like that. Always listen to your doctor's recommendations, of course. But the average person, you need at least 64 ounces of water uh, per day. If at 64 ounces of water, your urine is still dark in color, it's not almost clear. And if at 64 ounces of water, you're not going to the bathroom every couple of hours, then you're still dehydrated. And we really gotta let go of this whole thing where I don't wanna drink water because I don't wanna have to pee all day. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, you know? Come on. You need water. Stop fighting it. So many benefits. So number one, 64 ounces is a great starting point. The question I like to ask clients is, how much water do you drink a day and how do you know? Some people will say, well, I drink plenty of water, but it's nowhere near 64 ounces. So make sure that you know for a fact that your refillable container uh, is measured so you know exactly how many calories you're taking in there and or you're buying water bottles that have the fluid ounces on the bottle. You really need to confirm that you're getting 64 ounces in each day. So how do you get these ounces in, especially if you're not someone who naturally enjoys drinking water? Uh, first, I want to say that eventually, once you get used to being hydrated, you will crave water. And that is when you know you have arrived. But how do you get there? I recommend to my clients that they drink eight ounces an hour. Eight ounces is literally a measuring cup. The one cup measuring cup is eight fluid ounces. One of those an hour for eight hours will get you 64 ounces of water a day, right? Super simple, super math. I mean, simple math, just be practical about it. So that's one way to get it, eight ounces an hour. Uh, Another thing you can do is download one of these water reminder apps. They sometimes make water drop sounds or vibrate or get your attention when it's time for you to hydrate or some of them actually help you track your ounces of water by inputting your ounces of water as you go along and then it'll send you reminders when you're falling behind your daily goal. So those are two ways to get your water in if you're not someone who naturally drinks water. And again, in the beginning, it will feel forced, which is why I say at the very least to drink eight ounces of water. If you're someone who can drink more than eight ounces an hour, go for it. If you're someone who naturally drinks water, make sure it's 64 ounces at least, but still monitor your urine uh, frequency and color. All right, so another question people ask me is, what is it? what is okay to add? What are some additives, things that I can add to my water to make it taste better than water, <laughs> right? I get it. Uh, there are a couple things that you can actually add to your water that make them um, even healthier than butt naked water, which is my first recommendation, just drink water. Uh, But if you add lemon, you should research uh, the benefits, the health benefits of adding lemon to your diet. It is is amazing, Uh, beneficial in so many ways. So research the health benefits of lemon. I recommend you slice a lemon, 
Don't just drop the wedges or the slices into your water. Actually squeeze, slice it into thick chunks and squeeze some of that pulp and the lemon juice into your water uh, before you drop the rind in, if you drop the rind in at all. Uh, this way you get the fiber from the pulp that uh, you'll get in the water when you squeeze it, as well as the flavoring in the water. If that's too much for you, okay, start with lemon slices, but it is a really, really good thing to add to water. Another good thing to add is ginger. This is a little bougie, I suppose, but if you buy a little ginger root, you know, cut it, and then you use a spoon to scrape the skin off of the ginger and chunk it up, or either grate it across a cheese grater, the ginger, into your water, uh, ginger is really spicy. It's a really nice way to just change up the water. You can add ginger and lemon. You know, it's your, it's your life. The other thing you can do is add mint. Mint is really good for your stomach. It's good for your breath. And it gives your water a nice refreshing um, taste. There's a lot of mixed information about whether you, you should drink your water room temperature or cold or whatever. I say whichever way you get it down works for me. If you like to keep it cold, then walk around with a thermos or refrigerated or a uh, insulated bottle. If it doesn't matter to you, like me, I'll drink room temperature water, ice cold water, I really don't care, I actually enjoy water, then get it in that way. It's more important that you get it in than the temperature. And it's more important that you don't have any unnatural additives um, in your water than it, than it is about how you get the water in. Some people find it easier to get their water in if they have a, a straw, you know, that's another thing to help you. See, just test it out, see see what works for you. There's so many different water bottles. The ones with the straws freak me out, because I can't imagine you can clean them all the way. But there are water bottles with the straw, if that makes it easier for you. There are the wide mouths, you know, there are just so many, so many water bottle options to choose from. So lemon, ginger, and mint are great things to add. I don't recommend the crystal light and the flavor water enhancers that have chemicals in them, because long term we really don't know what the effects of those things are and why not let nature flavor the water why not uh lastly always keep water with you even if it's the tiny little eight ounce little uh, uh summer camp bottles i call them if you have water on you when that reminder goes off or when that hour hits or when you feel that dry mouth or that sluggish feeling you don't have to wait until you have water available water doesn't have to be refrigerated it's perfect. Keep it in your purse, in your car. Careful with keeping it in your car uh, when the temperatures are really hot long term because something happens with the chemical BPA from the water, pl the plastic leaching into the water. Uh, so I do recommend you get, uh, if you're going to leave your water in the car, that it's in a BPA free container. But you can always keep water with you. It's not like milk or anything like that where it's going to go bad. It can be with you at all times, so always have water with you. That makes it so much easier to get those 64 ounces of water in. So let's go on to goal number two, which is your fat burning exercise prescription. The first thing I like to answer is, what the hell is cardio anyway? Some people ask me, uh, is it considered cardio that I have to go to the copier from my desk all the way down the hall three times a day? No, it's not. Uh, cardio has to have quality cardio. Let me be specific. Quality, quality, <laughs> quality cardio has two components. Uh, one, it's continual, meaning it goes on nonstop or pretty much nonstop for 15 minutes or more. So 15 minutes or more continually. And the second thing is your cardio, if it's quality, needs to be aerobic. And that means it gets your heart rate up to 50% or more of max. 
So what is your max? If you take the number 220, which is approximately our heart rate at birth, and you multiply that, I'm sorry, you take 220, you subtract your age because we lose one beat per year. 220 minus your age, and you multiply that by 0.50, that's 50%. So if you have a monitor, like a watch or a Fitbit that counts your, your pulse rate, you can use that to see if you're at that 50. And that lets you know when you need to break it down or, or speed it up or, you know, this sort of thing. Set some goals. And if you don't have one of those fancy gadgets, you can always put your hand right. If you put your uh, uh, right hand out, palm up, two fingers at the tip of your thumb in the middle of your palm. Just slide your fingers down your palm along the thumb down to the wrist. And if you wait right there in that little crease, you'll feel a pulse rate. You can also get it by touching your neck, right where your jaw and your neck come together. You can get a really strong pulse there. You wanna count for 15 seconds and multiply it by four to get a minute. Or you want to take your pulse rate for 30 seconds and multiply that by two and then take that number. Now, if you want to challenge yourself, 50% is the minimum for it to be aerobic. You can take this up to up to 80%. You could, that's called the training effect of cardio. Uh, so to answer these, the uh, common question is walking cardio. Walking can be cardio if it satisfies these two requirements. You walk for at least 15 minutes and you monitor your heart rate and make sure that it's at least 50% of max. So that goes with any uh, workout that you do. If it's weight training, yeah, your heart rate will get up, but it's not always necessarily continual. And there are ways to lift weights that uh, address your aerobic needs, but that's a little bit too much information. We'll save that for another podcast. Uh, the details of workouts, what works out what and for what. Okay, so then let's look into some benefits, some health benefits of cardio, because we always focus on cardio as a weight loss method, but we've all seen those people who do every workout at every gym and they're still struggling with their weight. And that's because you can't out-exercise a heavy diet. You can do a really um, exhaustive workout for an hour and burn 500 calories and that's literally one fast food burger, you know? So let's talk about the health benefits of cardio. One, I like to tell my clients that uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a step. <laughs> One, the health benefits of cardio. It lowers your cholesterol. Uh, elevating your heart rate forces your blood through your veins. It keeps them nice and uh, flexible. Your veins and arteries, that's how we want them. Also removes any debris and uh, any plaque or anything that like that that may be starting to accumulate in your arteries, thereby lowering your uh, cholesterol and your heart rate. You get also a respiratory benefit from cardio because you're huffing and puffing at 50% or more, you're actually breathing heavy. And uh, that strengthens your lungs and your circulatory system. So uh, let's, let's do it for the health benefits. But here comes the weight loss benefits of uh, cardio. I'm sorry, I, lost, I forgot two other health benefits. Toning muscle, not as much as weight training, but cardio will give you some low level of muscle tone. And cardio is a mood enhancer. Can't believe I almost skipped that one. Cardio is a mood enhancer. And here's where this is going to be really beneficial from a weight loss standpoint. If you're feeling tired, don't eat. Get up and go for a walk or work out. If you're feeling sad, 
don't eat. Get up, go for a walk or work out. If you're bored, don't eat. Get up, go for a walk, work out, go dance, do a video, or I don't know, you know, physical activity has so many positive effects on your mood. It's a great deterrent for snacking or overeating. So cardio being a mood enhancer is definitely a health benefit that transitions into the next category, which is weight loss benefits. Cardio is literally a calorie eraser. So imagine you wake up and you have a 300 calorie breakfast and uh, then you go and do a 400 calorie burn workout, meaning you are on the treadmill or did a class or something like that and you burned 400 calories. Then you just erased breakfast from a calorie standpoint. You still got all the nutrition, you still got the satisfaction, but you erase the calories. So this puts you ahead of the weight loss gain. Cardio is the calorie eraser. But like I just said, if you eat a 900 calorie breakfast and go and do a 400 calorie or a workout that burns 400 calories, you're still hanging on to that 500 calories as you go on to the through the day to your next meal. So this is why, yes, cardio does matter, but you are going to end up on this cycle of uh, plateauing if you don't understand the balance. There needs to be there needs to be a uh, it's called an isocaloric balance. You need to create a deficit where you burn more calories than you intake. That is the goal to weight loss. So cardio is a calorie eraser. Look at it like that, but also understand that there are limits to its ability to help you lose weight if you are overeating. And then the next thing I like to tell my clients is that uh, cardio is a metabolism booster. Even an hour to 90 minutes after you're done with a nice bout of quality cardio, your heart rate is still going a little higher than it usually would. You're um, still able to burn calories as fast as you would or, or as fast as you were when you were working out. So that is a wonderful benefit to eating about an hour or so after your cardio workout. A, your body needs the protein and the carbs and all of that replenished, but it's also beneficial because you're going to burn that food off faster. And that's the goal, to burn as many calories as we can, as quickly as we can every 24 hours. Okay, so here is the answer to question number one. How much cardio do you need per week? My recommendation, at least 90 minutes per week. If at 90 minutes you feel like you could do a little more, please know that you can cardio your face off. Cardio is one of those things you can do every single day. So start out with the goal of 90 minutes per week. And then every 30 days you want to reassess and um, see if you want to extend that. Set it as a goal to do more than 90 minutes. Secondly, you want it to be, again, 15 minutes per bout so that it's considered quality cardio and lastly switch it up don't do the same thing too many times or for too long because you will get this repetitive use strain or injury that happens and then it's also the psychological effects of doing the exact same workout every day we've all seen people at the gym who do the exact same workout every day a their bodies don't change very much and uh the other thing is some people are just wired that way. They just don't, they do want to zone out and get on the elliptical. I'm that way. I like to get on the elliptical, put on some good music and just go away for an hour. But I also enjoy cardio classes. So, um, but yeah, there's no serious issue if you don't get bored with it. But from a physical standpoint, a physiological standpoint, you do want to make sure you switch it up so you don't get injured. And um, 
let's talk about what your options are for cardio. So we know what qualifies as cardio. Let's look at our options. If you don't have access to home gym equipment, or if you don't have uh, home gym equipment and you don't have access to a gym, then you want to get on YouTube. YouTube is uh, chock full of uh, ratchetness, but it is also an amazing resource if you know how to hone in on a specific search. So on YouTube, you can type in these words and they don't have to be in a sentence. You can type in cardio home beginner workout or cardio home no workout or cardio home no impact cardio home dance workout cardio home uh kickboxing workout there's so many there's so many uh workouts on youtube that you can tailor to exactly what you enjoy doing and you can even save a library of workouts that you like so that when it's time to go go onto youtube click on your library you got your video library all ready to go so youtube is an amazing free resource and um you can also use the game consoles like we fit do the games where you're not sitting on your butt um, you can also do line dancing or find a route to walk or run in your neighborhood or go to the local track you can absolutely do that if you're in the gym Quality cardio is going to be a lot easier. You're going to hop on the treadmill or the elliptical or attend a class or uh, get on the indoor track. You can even swim if you are going nonstop or close to nonstop for that 15 minutes. So there we are. We set our goal number two for cardio, 90 minutes a week, 15 minutes per bout, uh, making sure it's quality cardio and making sure we don't eat our workout. (laughs) That's another point. I want to make before we go on to our final goal which is weight loss uh when it comes to cardio and working out there are little trickeries there's some trickery in the game people so if you download the my fitness pal app it is an amazing resource for counting calories and other nutrients and uh keeping a journal of what you eat each day you know it's a great database and all that however if you enter your workout into my fitness pal it is going to well first of all if you don't override the calories that it tells you to eat per day it's going to give you way too many calories and i'll tell you why in a second so the first thing you want to do on my fitness pal is customize it enter your uh, your information height gender and all that you also want to override or, or adjust the calories down a little because they almost always give you way too many calories in a day and the other thing they do that's a little bit tricky is my fitness pal gives you back the calories that you burned as calories that you're allowed to eat and that is literally eating your workout so let me say that another way because that came out weird uh, if on my fitness pal you enter your food calories as having a thousand calories of food and then you do a 500 calorie workout and you enter that into the database it's going to tell you that you can now eat another 500 extra calories because you just burned it in a workout. And that's essentially maintaining, you know, you're eating your workout. You can't create that deficit. I just talked about if for every calorie you burn, you eat it back. You know what I mean? So don't enter your cardio workouts or your workouts into my fitness pal. And, um, 
do override the daily calorie recommendation. Just adjust it down a few hundred cal, a couple hundred calories, because it's, it's almost always way too high. Now, why do they do that? Because the longer you struggle with weight loss, the longer you're going to use MyFitnessPal, which is going to expose you to either their fees or their exposure to advertising. So it's not for not, but um, it definitely is some saboturation. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the final goal, which is weight loss. Uh, the first thing we want to determine is your ultimate weight loss goal. So this is that number that you want to aim for your long-term goal. You're going to keep the foot on the gas until you get to this number. Um, so many people fight this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's just science. Your BMI determines what your ultimate weight loss goal should be. So if you are at a BMI that is 25 to 29 and you want to lose weight, it's not for health reasons. You're considered a healthy weight. If your BMI is between 30 and 34, you are overweight, which means you're pre-diabetic, pre-hypertensive. It's time to start taking some action. If you don't take some action, you're going to slide into that next category, which is a BMI of 35 to 39. That is when your weight can actually have a negative effect on your health. It's called obese and some people get mad. It's not a judgment and it's not saying that you're fat and ugly. It's just saying that you have so much excess body fat on you that it is causing your body to function poorly. Um, some medical diagnosis. It means that your weight is high enough to cause you harm. And if you don't do something about it, you could have a stroke or heart attack and so forth. Some people say, well, yeah, they said I'm obese, but I don't have any health issues. To which I say, obesity is a diagnosis. It is the disease. Obesity is your diagnosis. It comes with trouble breathing, pain in the joints, uh, difficulty sleeping without um, sitting up or having a CPAP. It includes um, high blood pressure, diabetes. Those are the symptoms of your disease, which is what obesity so stop that. Stop that. Do something about it. And lastly, if your BMI is over 40, you are morbidly obese, which literally, literally translates deathly overweight. Okay, so your ultimate weight goal, the goal that you're going to aspire to above and beyond this 30 days, needs to be within a healthy BMI. If you don't have a BMI chart, Google male or female, because they're different for each gender, male or female BMI chart, find your height, find your weight, find your health category, and do something about it. Do not tell me that your category is obese, but you're going to set your ultimate weight loss goal within obese or, or within being overweight. That's just, that's aiming too low. That's aiming too low. If you're one of those people who says, well, when I'm this little, I look like a crackhead or people tease me and say, I look sick. You tell those people that being obese is sick. And a lot of times when people are talking that crap, it's because they're in their feelings because you are doing something about your weight. Don't let the haters get in your head. Obesity is not cute. If your thickness is causing sickness, you need to figure your life out. The BMI is a medical instrument. The BMI chart is a medical instrument. It's not about how you want to look in them jeans. Okay, black and brown women, let's get it together. Your ultimate weight goal needs to be at a healthy BMI, not less morbid, not less obese, healthy. So if you're someone who likes to be a little bit thicker, then you want to aim for the higher end 
of the healthy range or maybe the low end of uh, the low end of being overweight so between 20 maybe 7 and 30 okay that's that's just a little overweight okay all right but you definitely don't want to purposely be at a BMI that's obese or morbidly obese forget about it especially if your belly sticks out further than your boobs ladies you're doing too much okay Next, let's look at your 30-day weight loss goal. So your 30-day weight loss goal is going to be directly related to your weight from the start. If you didn't listen to episode one or episode two, we talked about why the heavier you are, the faster you lose weight. But that is true. So if your BMI is healthy or a little overweight, you can aim for your 30-day weight loss goal to be between 5, 10 pounds, maybe 5, or 10, 5 8, 10 pounds. If you have a healthy body weight, if your BMI is in the overweight category, you can aim for closer to 10 to 15 pounds. If you're obese or morbidly obese, you should aim for between 20 and 30 pounds in 30 days. You can absolutely lose a pound a day, especially if you're morbidly obese. So then you take that 30 day goal. Let's say you want to lose 10 pounds. You divide that by four because you got four weeks in your 30 days. And that gives you your third, your uh, weekly weight loss goal. So you take that ultimate goal, we break that down into 30-day goals, divided by however many months you want to give yourself to get to that ultimate weight. Then you take that and you chunk it down into these bite-sized one-week or weekly weight goals. So when you hop on the scale, you know what number you're looking for. All right? That, my friends, has been your weight loss uh, orientation, the goal-setting segment. Please make sure you follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram at... F-A-T and C-L-E. That's at Fat and Cle. I am, uh, you can reach me on my website. I'm sorry, at F-A-T and C-L-E dot com. And you can give me an email at rapidresultsworks at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe so that you get notifications when I record the final episode, which will be next. And that is the meal plan, what to eat, how to cook it, when to eat it. Some good stuff coming up next. All right. Truth and love. Rapid Results Works. Talk to you next time.